the balloon before it pops. Welcome to the Passion Business Podcast, the podcast for free spirits with a big idea who want to turn their passion into a business. I'm Anke Herman, and I'm your host. My guest for this episode is an international life and career coach for executives in finance, law firms, and fast-paced industries based in New York. After more than 15 years in investment banking, working in Paris, London, and New York City, one phone call was the needle that popped the balloon for her and made her leave Wall Street. Welcome, Maida Pock. Hello and welcome, Maida. I'm very excited to have you here. Hi, <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm really very excited too. That's Fantastic. And so why don't you start off telling people where you are in this lovely world and, <laughs> and what you do? Yes. So um, where am I? I am in that fabulous place, uh, buzzing place called New York City. Yeah. And <laughs> I have been living here since 2003. So that's a very, very long time. Um, uh, what I do is I am a career and life coach, um, and I do hypnosis and I do a lot of things and I work with executives, overachievers, uh, people in corporate, some of them are entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs to be. And, uh, what I do with them is helping them find some, some balance some space, some peace in what they do and where they are right now. And also, if they choose to, to accompany them into the next steps in their lives. And it could be a lot of different things, as you can imagine. Yeah. So I didn't start <laughs> in New York City. <laughs> I, love, I love how to say, what, what is it that you do for them? I help them to do... <sighs> I just love it. How do you spell that? <laughs> it's imagine you have this big, big, big balloon that is about to burst and you know it's going to burst, right? But you, you are very scared that if you help it, just put a bit less pressure on it, maybe it's going to burst. So I help them just disinflate this balloon surely, surely, but safely. So you're the one who pokes the needle in it so that it's slowly, slowly. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. And you've got a lovely toolbox there too. So now the question I'm going to ask, of course, is, well, you're not from New York City. So now one thing I want to know is how did you end up there? Because I've been to the place several times and absolutely adore it. And also, how did you get into the work you do now? It's not usually what one thinks about when you leave school. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I would have never thought in a million years I would, I would be in New York City and doing coaching. But it's, it, it, was, it, it was one of those hero's journeys. We all have hero's journeys. But my hero's journey started with uh, me being born in France uh, from Middle Eastern parents. My parents are uh, Lebanese, Armenian, and a lot of different things as well. Um, deciding to go back uh, to Syria. So I grew up uh, in Syria. I spent uh, a part of my childhood in Syria. Then um, 
you know, the Middle East happened. Uh, so we left uh, with my parents and my sister to France. Um, and I was 11 years old. Um, from there, I did what um, a lot of people do. You just follow the path that is in front of you. So I was, I was academically quite good. I was one of those, you know, it was easy for me at school. I was very good at math. I was very easy for me to learn quickly without any effort. So you, I did that path. And then automatically what you do, you do these kind of big universities, grandes écoles, or, you know, the kind. And then what happens after that? Well, you go into a prestigious job or into one of those jobs that people see as well, you know, at school. So I went into investment banking and I started in Paris um, and then, um, then London and then New York City. So I spent 16 years, it's a very long time, in investment banking. Um, it was interesting. It was taxing. It was sometimes very frustrating. Um, but, <laughs> but what, what was mostly about it, it was that there is something that was never sitting well with me. It was, um, it's, it's almost difficult to describe the, the level of dissatisfaction that I was in. There was mm -hmm. something inside of me that says, surely there is more to life than waking up at 4 a.m. to start. Uh, I was working with Asia to start <laughs> conference calls with Hong Kong and then take it to conference calls with my colleagues in, in Europe, then back to the U.S., then going to work, then coming back. Then continuing the work with Hong Kong, there was there was more to life um, than this. Um, the difficulty uh, was for me to break free from it. Mm. Um, it's um, it's one of those games where once you are in, you want to get out of it, but the game will always take you back, will always retain you. There's it's very very difficult to break from these kind of. Um, environments because they become your identity right that's mm -hmm. the first thing that people ask what do you do in life i work on wall street wow it's fun it's nice it's very validating um the ego loves that yeah. um but inside um there was something that every day was not happy not unhappy but not happy either it was not satisfying um I started getting very sick. <laughs> I started not breathing anymore. I started uh, passing out on the street because I couldn't breathe. Yeah. And I, I have a bit of woo-woo in me. And for me, it was like, you know, this job is suffocating me. But I didn't pay attention to it. I'm like, okay, uh, it's okay. Tomorrow, 4 a.m., <laughs> I will continue. Yeah, but it's true though because because I resonate with this story a lot, and oh, even the banking because I, I worked in IT, but also mostly in banks and in London and all of that. So I know what that routine is like, where you think actually from the outside you have this prestigious job, you know, well paid. It's all like, you know, everybody envies what you've got, and. Say so if something's, they always say like the worst thing is, isn't really when it's 
when a situation's really bad, the worst thing is when it's okay. Because then it's like there seems to be a lot of stake at stake at the thought of letting that go. And a lot of people, especially if they're in, in a job for quite a while, there is this like, hmm, I can't possibly now start from scratch, giving all that up. So how did you do that in the end? <laughs> it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't that easy. It wasn't that obvious. What was obvious is that, as you said, I was in it. And for me, if I stop, what next? And I was paralyzed at the idea of that leap of faith, of standing there and looking, and there's this abyss of the unknown. I have no idea what I can do other than finance and you know, putting fires down and dealing with crisis. I have no idea who I am. I don't know what I want. So when I started getting a bit sick, came a time where in my head it was, okay, I'm, I'm not happy and this is really not worth it. I, I cannot stay only, the, it's a very nice salary, it's a very comfortable situation. I know everybody across the world in my bank because I've been there for a long time. Um, so I, st- I resigned the first time and I was very cool about it, very happy. And then they came back and they said, what do you want to stay? And I was like, okay, here's my list. And I got it. Yeah. And that's the game calling me back again. And I stayed. But the interesting part is that three months after I said I resigned and I said I would stay, um, I really got started really not breathing anymore. It wasn't. It was not going okay at all. And doctors said, it's asthma, people, my family, my, my acupuncturist, and what have you saying, no, you don't have asthma, you need to get to the bottom of that. The bottom of that was that I was diagnosed with advanced cancer, and I had a lymphoma like, all over my body. Uh, my lymph node was the size of was taken was so big the the um, the inflamed lymph node was so big that it was taking three quarter of my thorax so it was Jesus. compressing <laughs> my chest this yeah. is why I couldn't breathe so was it a wake up call no I it was an annoyance for me I was like how really cancer right now i have so much to do i have this deal to take care of in this ipo I, I don't have time for this so i continued so i um i found um you know these synchronicities or these coincidences or whatever you want to call them uh, a great doctor who also happened to be syrian who was the head of the biggest hospital here um i went through the treatment classic Uh, chemotherapy the strong one and I just went with the flow for the first time in a long time um, I said to myself no pressure if I have to stop working I will stop working Um, and I was supposed to stop working after three months because it's it's a very heavy chemotherapy but I didn't um, because going with the flow for me at that time I discovered that Actually, I can talk to my body. I can talk to myself. I can heal myself without, you know, needing 
anybody. So I started doing, without knowing that it was called hypnosis, I started doing self-hypnosis on myself. And I spoke with my cells. And guess what? I had three side effects from the 35 pages, 35 side effects, seven pages that I was to expect. Um, and then I continued. You know, it, it was like, it's, it's, you know, this, this messenger that knocks on your door and door and breaks the door and you still don't want to see it. So that was me. And I continued. Um, but this is what happened is that a year after all this, um, one day I received an email saying from at work saying it was a Sunday. I'm used to work all weekends. So it was an, that, that weekend. An email saying we need to get on a call all together to solve this problem. And my head went the explosion. In my head, it was no, <laughs> no way. This is my Sunday. I, re I have been working all weekend. I really don't want to do that. But the stress on my body was so strong, I got very dizzy at that point. And something in my head shouted, it was literally shouted, um, this time you will get a second one, and this time it will not be nearly as pleasant as the first one. Yeah. And I thought, mm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> there is something into that. And I resigned the next day. I did. Yeah. I think it's it's the power of an insight, isn't it? Like the rational mind can be kind of seeing it for a very time, very long time, but until it like really hits you in your bones. But when it does, then there is just literally no way back, is there? There, are, there are exactly there. Are, I think we are we the the world or in which we live is so perfect in the sense that our bodies and our intuition spend their time giving us messages. Yeah. But then we go into this rational mind, which is fine. It's here to protect us. And, and, I'm, and I prefer dealing with someone rational than somebody completely irrational. Right? It's, but it can be our, worst, our own worst enemy when it takes us to um, see everything that, everything that is not structured or everything that is not socially acceptable as not okay, as not appropriate. So we, we take our decisions because they are appropriate, because this is what is expected, or because this is how everybody else does it. And we end up ignoring our, our health, our body, and ourselves. But if you look inside of you every single day, when you calm a bit the, the, the monkey mind, yeah. every single time uh, you have a message that comes, as in, huh, today I would like to eat this. Or, you know what? I'm really, really tired today. Let's have a nice day. Let's not go through the to-do list of 50 items. And let's play it cool today. But and even true. Kind of things. Yeah, so so yeah. true, isn't it? Because, and I can see that way of living. Like, we all do it. And I think partly the reason is that, I don't know how old you were when you first thought, hmm, I want to. I, I like this isn't for me but I was in my late 30s when I for the first time stopped to think like if I could do anything what would I do 
because it was all like, you know, I think a lot of, for most people I'd say are a bit like that. You take the path in front of you and we're not brought up to hang on a second, listen inside. What's your body telling you? I don't know. Like, I don't know whether you've ever been taught that I sure have surely haven't. And so we usually have to come to a point where all of a sudden something happens that helps us see that there's more to life than, you know, the Monday to Friday. So what was your idea of, I don't know, did you, did you think anything? Like when you resigned, all you knew was like, okay, I'm listening this time. Like, I know I don't want to continue here. Did you have at that point any idea of where you headed? No idea. I just knew what I didn't want anymore. I knew that if I continued that way, something very wrong was going to happen. And I'm not, I don't fear death in itself. I'm, again, it has the advantage of living in the, in the Middle East is that you're, you, you have this kind of ancestral wisdom that is still transmitted from generation to generation. So, you know, there's, there, there is a very big religious vibe around you and you take it or you leave it, but inside of you, you know that life is, is a moment and then, you know, everybody dies and it's not the end of the world. So for me, it wasn't so much the prospect of dying. It was more the prospect of suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was, I cannot do this to myself anymore. Uh, I, I come from a Catholic background and somehow in my head, there is always this, this limiting belief or this idea that you need to suffer to deserve, right? Mm-hmm. So you cannot, so at school, I was really very good at school. I was the laziest yeah me too I was like that I don't care math was easy for me and in France you know you have a high coefficient for math so I I didn't need to do much to be top of my class but I always felt very guilty about that because I didn't feel the suffering of having to do it right you haven't Uh, worked for it Mm. exactly so no pain no gain so who am I So when, when, when I took the decision to resign, um, it, wa- it, was, it was an impulse, which, which is not a good way of taking a decision. But at that point, I, I pushed myself so far away that probably that was the only way to take that decision. Um, but indeed, as you, as you said, I had no idea where I was going. I just knew that I could not continue being the way I was. And for me at that point, it meant the way where I was physically and mm. a job. Yeah. Now I know differently, but that, that's my journey to get from there to where I am now. And, um, and then um, it was, it was quite, quite astonishing because what I thought was a journey to find another job somewhere else. I wasn't in a hurry. I wanted to take my time. But... Um, what was the quest for a new job ended up a quest to heal myself. Mm. And anything that I was looking into ended up being a teacher to me. Um, A teacher to um, stop 
being so uh, focused on structures, on this is, this is not the original who I am, but I, was, I learned to become ultra-disciplined, ultra-achieving, ultra-structured because that was my way of surviving in a world where I, I don't have these tools, right? So you learn. Um, and, and, and things started popping up. Um, I have a conversation with someone who tells me that her daughter went into this coaching school. So I looked up the coaching school. And then my sister is a hypnotherapist in Paris and has been for a long time. She says, you have to do that. And I said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm doing that. All of a sudden I find the right thing and I'm doing this. And, and everything was like this. The, the first client came totally out of nowhere. I, I, I was scared to death to start doing coaching and hypnosis. Although for me to get certified in either, I had to fulfill a certain number of hours. So I had the training. But for me, I have no idea how to coach someone. What, is, what if I hurt them? What if this? What if that? And then someone calls me and like, you know, I'm interested in coaching. And in my head, I thought they want to go to coaching school. <laughs> this is how unprepared I was. That's funny. Yeah, that's, yeah. And I start telling them oh, how to get to coaching. And he's like, no, I want you to coach me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then from there, um, things started to, to just unfold. And, you know, we discussed earlier um, that it's not a straight line, that it's a lot of up and ups and downs. Um, and that this is what you tell your coaching, your coached clients, the clients that you coach, what's important is your vision. And if you stay true to your vision, if you keep your vision in mind, then this is something that is going to keep you going despite obstacles, struggles, overthinking, you will get there. You will get there. I don't know how, but you will get there. So you, that's fascinating how and I love it how these synchronicities because just all of a sudden the right but then it's also probably was the first time in your life that you stopped long enough to see these things right in front of you oh yeah and I was ready I was ready to to see them because I you know it's it's interesting I I, I am someone who is not I don't see myself as a perfectionist um, but more as a reluctant perfectionist, I'm going to say. This is someone who I don't like structure. I don't like people to tell me what to do. I don't like people when they tell me one, two, three, four to 10. To get to 10, you have to go to from logically from one. I hate people telling that. I will do everything I can not to make you feel right and not to do what you tell me to do. But yet, my whole life, the only way for me to survive, because there is this history in my life of being an immigrant and having to prove myself again and again, and it is not always easy, despite, I, I know I had a lot of tools, and you know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I didn't go to each of the countries with nothing. I had a, a lot of baggage of experience and, um, and knowledge, but it's never easy. 
even when you have this, to go into a new country and to make a new life for yourself. So we all develop these kind of defense mechanisms. And for me, it became a to-do list. And it became, what if I'm not productive today? What's going to happen? What will people think of me? And this is when one of your colleagues will say, well, you know, you French people, you only work 35 hours a week, which is not true. And I, oh, so they think that I'm lazy. So all of a sudden I'm working 15, 16, 17 hours a day. And, and this is when it, it just nobles, right? And there's nothing to stop you because you're validated. Oh, wow, you work at 4 a.m. Good for you. Wow, what a good performer you are. So you accept that. That's what I am. I'm a machine. Okay. <laughs> That's so true. And it's not until you have, and I always say that, and, and, and I really hear that in your story, that there's a gift in every challenge. And if I, if I, yeah, and if, because if I listen to, to your story, it seemed as if, you know, your body has tried to communicate, you know, and several times, hey, you know, but it, you needed to come to a certain point to say, well, okay, this is it. And it already, all of a sudden, really sink in. And as hard as that and as hard as the cancer was and as hard as that, like, oh God, like, I don't know where I'm going. But imagine you, you hadn't had that. You'd still be on your hamster wheel of 4 a.m. mornings. Absolutely. Until, until the next messenger comes and knocks at the door and destroys the door. Yeah. Um, so, y yes. And, and this is also why it's important to at some point in our lives and you for a lot of people they call that the midlife crisis or whatever it is but i i think that the the biggest learning and i still need to apply this every day to myself to remind this every day to myself because i stray um, of course, I have a brain who likes to remind me. Um, but, the, but it's also why we need to live a more mindful life and a more conscious life um, and a more centered life in the sense that when we, when we, when we are moved every day, um, when, our, when our only motivation is the fear of something, Nothing will stop us because we are running from something that is scary. We don't know what it is. It's completely imaginary. We, we just don't know really if it's known, unknown. I'm sure the brain likes to tell stories. So we're running away from something. But we have no idea where we're running to. When we live a more mindful and a more conscious life, then we stop for a few seconds and say, hold on, is that true? Am I, am I going really well? Are people going to ostracize me because I don't have a job or because I don't work in a prestigious firm? What is important for me here? Is it to have a nice, cushy, loving life with my husband, my cat, my family? Or is it because I want to have this huge penthouse that I will never be in because I will be working like an idiot <laughs> all day long? That's the question. That's the thing. And, and to even 
pause for that moment to ask the question. Yeah. You know, because I think that question just really sort of opens the curtain for you to see what you need to see. And like listening to that, it really brings back the, the image of the balloon. You know, I can really yeah. see you at that time, you know, being that balloon that's really close to bursting. Yeah. And it makes sense yeah. to think, well, actually, that's what you help people do now to make sure they let some air out before it pops. Yeah, yeah because, you know, the, these kind of ways of being are ingrained in us. We, if we were living, all of us, in the countryside and surrounded by animals, we wouldn't be thinking. <laughs> We'd be thinking, thinking something else. But we live in cities where a lot of people still work with the idea that it's a survival of the fittest, right? You, you, in French, you say walk or die. So we have this in us. Mm. And I, I'm, as, as a person or as a coach or, or as a friend, I don't see myself bursting that balloon <laughs> because that's their safety zone because there is a reason why this balloon was created and it's to keep people safe and to keep them maybe feeling accepted the idea is as you said to poke these little pieces so that some fresh air can go out mm. but also maybe some fresh air can go in and what can go in could be taking better care of yourself um, developing a sense of identity outside your job and outside a title or, or outside a banking account or even even outside a, a weight or a, an appearance is developing a self of self uh, a sense of self is um, is just re reconnecting with who you are really what you want in life um, and you can want to have more money. It's no problem at all. It's good for you. What you really cannot have at this time is running like a crazy person <laughs> and wanting the money and not seeing the consequences of your behavior. So it's, it's really not much about what you do or what you want, but how you do it, how you are, how you show up in your life. Are you betraying yourself because you're scared of betraying other people, for example, right? This is, this is a big question as well for a lot of uh, people, certain men that um, have always been the breadwinners in their families. Mm. Yeah, and, lots of pressure there. Uh, very, very big pressure. And, you know, I, I, have, I have that. It was like, I, I cannot... I cannot go away from this job. I, what, I cannot take my kids out of private school. They, they can't on me. Are you sure? Did you ask them? Is that true? That's, that's such a powerful question. Yeah. yeah. And generally it's not. <laughs> no, that's the thing. It's a lot of assumptions that, that we make until we stop and ask that question. So yeah. where are you headed? What's next for you? Ah, a big question. Next for me is, is learning to trust the process. Uh, 
Yeah. I'm a controlling person. <laughs> I don't like unknown. <laughs> I don't like what's, what I don't understand. Um, and yet the big, big lesson throughout my life is trust the process. Trust, when you look back, look where everything that you achieved, look at the resilience that you had throughout your life. You did it. You can do it again, but calm down. <laughs> be true to yourself. Be genuine. And for me, it's, it's that. It's, I don't have project to save the world or to be Mother Teresa or, or any. That's absolute. I have no ambition whatsoever from that point of view. My ambition is to be true to myself and to show up every single day true to myself true to the people around me and true to my clients as well and honoring their journey because whatever on whichever step you are it's the right step and there is a reason why you are there you need to honor that and not always think about what if or what's next or whatever. nope just be here now yeah. that's such a beautiful place to land and it totally, it totally resonates with me because don't ask me, what are the five-year goals? Well, I don't know. Um, one last question. Where can people go find you? They can find me on my website. Can they you spell can... it out for a second? Yes, because I can, yes. I'll obviously put the link in the show yes. notes, but for people who just listen in the car and don't actually see the notes. Absolutely. So it's mydapoc, M-A-Y-D-A, P-O-C, coaching, in one word, dot com. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. And you can find me on LinkedIn. And it's Maida Pock, M-A-Y-D-A-P-O-C. A very strange name, but it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't get any mix-up with other people. So that's no, fantastic. No, well, there is no you. way. Thank you oh, so much you. for coming. That was a thank fascinating st story. Really enjoyed this. And um, I look forward to speaking to you again. <laughs> uh, me too. And I, I want to thank you um, for this very, very nice conversation and for you to share as well a bit of you. I, I know as a host of the podcast, usually you're not the person sharing most, but I'm, I'm quite grateful that you give me a lot of glimpses as well on your inner beauty and your, your path as well. This is, it's so fascinating to meet like-minded people it just makes the world a better place i think so, so too. thank you well, thank you bye bye thanks for listening to the passion business podcast if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss the next one